0: back to smart zara this episode i'm gonna be doing my first story time um i never have anything interesting happening in my life so like this is probably one of like three story times i could probably ever do um and this one i'm just gonna be talking about like how i went to mecca and medina and um like what happened in the process of trying to get there and like my experience of all that so it's kind of like a short story time and like just like a breakdown of what I thought of that experience. So to start this off if you don't know Mecca and Medina are the holiest sites in the Muslim world and um, my family's Muslim obviously so in the December of 2019 my family kind of I want to say impulsively, because it was so, like, not even planned. It was so last minute that, like, like, I had no idea we were even going until, like, the morning of when we drove to the airport. Like, I had no idea. So, basically, this is the story. Um, because this was so short minute, and, I mean, last minute, um we were, like, very, like, rushing into things, trying to find anything we can for, like, a reasonable price, and so my mom was in charge of booking the visas, and the thing about my mom is she's great, she's fantastic, but she's very oblivious, especially when it comes to, like, technology and stuff, so she's, she, she, you know, she searches up, you know, visas for Saudi Arabia, and, of course, she picks the first website that is given to you, The first thing when you should be looking for something like and you want it to be like accurate and official like a visa, you don't usually pick your first recommended website for you because that's usually like a paid promotion. Like it'll say ad, but um, she picked it and um, obviously that's red flag number one. So I remember she was doing all of this in the living room and I was on the kitchen table, which was just like 50 feet away. And I'm, like, whatever, like, letting her do her thing. And she's, like, bringing all the... I remember I could hear her, like, putting in the information and all of this. And then she, like... Then, like, shortly after, she calls my dad and she goes, Hey, we just... I just, like, put in all the info for the visas. But it's so expensive. You know how much they're asking? It's, like, $700 a visa. And I was, like... I remember I heard that and my attention dramatically shifted because I was like $700 for a visa and there was four of us so it'd be $2,800 I was like I didn't know visas were that much money you know like I didn't think they'd be that expensive especially for Saudi Arabia and especially for like Mecca because like people go there all the time there would have been like some type of deal like why is it so expensive so that's my second red flag because I asked her like are you sure and she was like yeah And then, after she's like, she gets the okay and like submits everything, gives the money, everything, she goes, she doesn't get a confirmation. So there's no confirmation. Like, you know how like the account, like the company will like send you an email or anything? She doesn't get that email. Then she's like, wait a minute. And she gets back to the original page where you have to reload all your info. Like, you have to re put it in and re put your passport info, your um, credit card info, and your address, and your personal info, all of that, and I was like, what the heck, and I was like, whatever, maybe you, like, maybe it was an accident, but she put it in again, and they were asking for more money, so we were just like, wait, we just paid $2,800, like, what is happening, so that was, like, red, like, red flag number three, and I automatically, and I, like, became very suspicious, and basically, I was taking the debate at the time, and um I remember um, um, Dreyer told us, like, when you're looking for reliable information, the first thing you want to do is look for, like, contact info, if there's, like, an address, a phone number, an email, any of that. So I search up, you know, so the, I go to this website that my mom was on, and it is so sketchy. There is no contact info, there's no address, there's no phone number, but they claim to have this, like, 24-7 customer service line. I was like, where is this customer service line? I can't find it. And it's just, like, it It was so sketchy. It was very, like, I remember it being very basic, like, there was no... it didn't look official. And then I finally searched up the right website, which was the Saudi Arabia, like, um, embassy from DC, and it was... And it had said, this is the only place you can get, like, verified visas. And I was like, oh my, because they were like, watch out for these websites that will scam you lots of money and overprice you for visas. I was like, oh my god, we start freaking out because ultimately it was a scam and it was $2,800 and it was all of our passport info, credit card info personal info I remember and we put it in multiple times and it was like I remember we put in all the information multiple times but I think we paid once and then we thought maybe like the information didn't go through so we kept putting it in so it was like what did like what does this person do for their occupation where did they learn what's their what's this like all this detailed info and it was like It was like so scary because it was first of all it's a lot of money and it's a lot of risk because it's like where is this going to you know they claim to be some saudi arabian um you know they seem they seem to have this connection with saudi arabia but like where's our information going where's our password info and our credit card info and all our money going and it was really really scary and um yeah i don't know how we got our visas anyway because I remember I figured out some type of contact to this website and I emailed them and I said like hi I just accidentally bought your visas I would like a refund to this card and I'm pretty sure I got a reply but like months later because I remember I was like looking through my mailbox and I saw it and I was like what the hell like now you reply but um Yeah, it was really sketchy and really scary, honestly, because, like, that's not a joke. That's, like, really scary, and that's, like, so much money. I don't know where my info went. Whoever's chilling wherever in the world with my passport info and my, like, my family's credit card info, have fun with that. Anyway, now let's get on to the rest of it. Um, we, this was so last minute, and I keep saying it, like, we, when we were going from Dubai to Saudi Arabia, we didn't even have a, have a hotel booked for Medina, which we needed to because we were staying in Medina after a few days. So we didn't even have that booked. We had that booked the minute we, like, reached on the plane. And then um, we, like, people usually buy, like, abayas and, like, hijabs because you have to be in, like um, like, certain clothing when you do, when you are in Mecca. And, um, we bought that at the Dubai airport because it was, like, we didn't have anything ready. And, um, so we reached Saudi and we have to drive, like, an hour to actually get to Mecca. We get to Mecca and the first thing I realized is things are, like, not, like, things are kind of, like, there was this buzz. It was kind of, it felt kind of like a city and obviously it's a city but it's like not like a what you would ideally think of a city you know it's like mecca and i remember when i first saw the gaba it just felt really surreal you know it was just like that's right in front of me like i hear all about it and i've seen so many pictures and all that like and it's right in front of me like what the heck it's right in front of me and you know some people cry some people like don't like are like screaming and stuff like my mom got really emotional but like i i for me it was just it felt very surreal and um and of course the thing was you had like as a girl you need to be a full you need to wear hijab all the time in the presence of a man and that was interesting because i'm not very good (laughs) at a hijab because I'm not a hijabi and I remember I was like freaking out and I was like how do I pin this on me I don't know how um and like I had to use pins because it wasn't like one of those like slip-on hijabs or anything and you need to be covered like all your hair needs to be covered and I remember like two or three days into the trip I was walking around like the masjid I was like trying to find a spot to pray and it was me and my friend and she and we were and like both of us like grew up in the states so when we were we aren't used to wearing hijab so we got yelled at at this male guard who was in the in the masjid cuz there's like workers there's like guards and he he looked at me and he goes sister sister your hair hijab hijab and like was frantically pointing at me and I was like oh my god my heart dropped i remember i was like this is how I go, this is how I go, but, um, it only happened, like, once or twice that I did get yelled at, um, but I'm surprised it was not more, because I, um, I can't, like, it's really hard, actually, when, like, you're used to, like, not paying attention to those things, but you need to be very, like, you have to pay, like, attention a, a lot to, um, how much you're covering, and if it's all staying in place. Now I'm going to talk about, like, the actual feeling of umrah and like actually doing it i didn't realize how many steps went into it and how much like ritual went into it so of course you do the seven rounds around the Kaaba, which is called the tawaf and then after the Waf you have to drink abzumzum which is like holy water and then you do the up and down from what is supposed to be the two rocks But it used to be, like, if you know what I'm talking about, you know, there's this story in Islamic um, religion where um, I think it was, like, the prophet and these group of people were um, going from Mecca to Medina. I could be completely wrong, but the only thing I know from this story is that they had to, they, like, really needed water, and um, they were walking, they, like, were, they decided to walk back and forth between these two rocks, and, um like, water ended up, spra- sp- like, a spring started, s- like, sprouted out between those two rocks, and that's ultimately what is called ab zum or zum water, ab zum is what you call it in English, right? But, um, basically, you have to do that walk in between those two rocks, but the m- reason I'm in this story is, instead of using the original, like, place where it is, like, where it's actually, you're walking between two rocks, they completely, um, They completely, like, um, commercialized it in a way. Um, it's in this huge, it's a beautiful, like, mosque-type, um, infrastructure, but it's, it's not, you know, authentic, you know? It's just, it's literally, like, an AC, really good architecture building with, like, marble floors. And I get it, when you have so many visitors from all around the world, every single day you need to keep up your presence and it needs to be accommodating but it's it's like just walking in a of course a very spiritual place but a very commercial like a very like modern day place you know it 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 took away a lot from the authenticity um and that brings me to my next point um basically you see the Kaaba, right it's beautiful you see the masjid that's next to it it's beautiful. I love it, right? But you look to your left, and it's completely commercialized. Like, there's malls and hotels. And I remember you look to the left, there's this strip where it's Domino's, KFC, Starbucks, H&M, Rolex, all of that. And I remember talking about it with my brother, too. Like, like yeah, it's a very spiritual and amazing place but you look to your left and your right and you're instantly back into the 21st century where you know money is everything it kind of takes away from the vibe i want it i will admit like there's so there's like all these hotels surrounding the gaba now and like it's all like even even in my hotel my hotel was in a mall you go down you would you would enter through a mall that's how, that's how it was. And, you know, like in between, sh- in between prayer times, you would go shop, go, go to Starbucks, go to that. So it, it's, it's a great experience and I would recommend it obviously when we can, but there are parts of it that kind of take away from the authenticity and like the spiritual experience. Now I'm going to talk about Medina. Medina only spent two days one of them, I passed out completely. Unfortunately, like I was very, very, very tired, and um, th- that's the thing about like doing umrah and stuff. You are most likely to get sick, and um, you are and there's no concept of time when you're when you're in Mecca. Like you can go out and pray like for hours and hours on end. You could you can visit the Kaaba two a.m. three a.m. I remember I'd come back to my hotel at, like, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, So that, like, really messes up, like, your body and your sleep schedule. And plus, this was in December 2019, so, like, corona did exist, but, um, yeah, I've had that discussion where, like, did any of us ever feel corona when we were there? Like, we have no idea, because there were so many people there. But anyway, Medina I really, really loved, and I think Medina was very, very relaxing, it was very peaceful. It was very just, like, it would be the vibes you would expect from Mecca if Mecca was not that crowded and frantic. You know, Mecca had this buzz to it that was, like, that kind of changed its atmosphere because there's so many people and there's so many emotions and just everything is crazy. But with Medina, it was really a place where I could get in touch and, like, really really focus on religion mainly and really get into it and not be worried about getting you know trampled because that's a very real fear you feel in mecca because in mecca there's so many people and there's very aggressive people like they will like like um elbow you and hurt you and kick you and like they they don't care just to get closer to the kaaba but anyway um one thing i the, the same thing happened in medina though like you're at the masjid, you're, um, like, doing your prayers, then you walk literally just a few feet out of, like, the presence of the masjid, and there's a bunch of malls, and, like, not malls, but, like, a marketplace, and there is, um, I remember in Mecca, I ate a lot of smash burger, um, that's so random, but, like, there was, there's places like that all over, Um, but I'm pretty sure, like, Medina was, like, a marketplace way back when, but I don't remember for sure, but, um, I really loved Medina. I think Medina was amazing. Of course, I loved Mecca, too. Um, it was beautiful, but, again, Mecca was highly, I keep saying this, but it was, it was very commercialized and very different, and I thought, like, all of Saudi Arabia must have been like that, right? Like, very, like, like, has all these Western brands all over, but I remember when we left Mecca, we left Mecca twice, the infrastructure drastically changed, like, it looked like old, like, everything looked old, and not, like, in a pretty way, kind of, like, broken and old, and the streets were, like, weird and, like, not perfect, and things like that, so, um, it just shows how, like, the way the Saudi government like, really highly values Mecca, I guess, because, well, why, why wouldn't they, you know, because it's, it, at the end of the day, it is a tourist attraction, it feels weird to say that, because it's such a, a, spiritual place, but it is also a tourist attraction, um, overall, I would rate my experience, um, an 8.5, maybe a 9 out of 10, um, I say that because I did find a lot of peace throughout it, and I did help, it did help, me mentally and like help reconnect me with my faith and all of that don't get me wrong and it was beautiful and I'm very grateful I was able to experience it before everything happened but um there was definitely multiple factors that played into taking away that like really authentic that authenticity and it was also like um just just a scary moment at times like the people are very aggressive and people are very pushy and I it, like got very anxiety inducing at one point um because people would do anything in mecca to get closer to the Kaaba and touch it and that was a huge no-no for me like you got to see how people put themselves first in front of other people in a place that highly ra- values your religion where you're supposed to be selfless so those are just my thoughts but um also I don't like I feel like everyone makes it seem like after you come back from Mecca and Medina whether it's Umrah or Hajj um you should be come back you come back a completely different person. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for me. Unfortunately, I did not get right I didn't I didn't come back with this um this like ritual and like this this like set routine to pray five times a day like I should and read more Quran like it didn't prompt me to do that but again that's my personal experience it could be very different for everyone else but yeah those are my thoughts on going to Mecca and Medina and my crazy story in the beginning of being scammed of getting there and yeah hope you enjoyed thanks for listening you're loved you're needed and you're good enough bye